0: Hello! Welcome back to Forensic Friends. I am your host, Shelly, and I am here with my forensically fascinated friend, Natalie. Hello! And I'm going to leave it at that, because I'm going to get salty again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and there's there's that little bit of several-tangents-style shade.
1: <laughs> I love how you just we had just went from talking about other things and feeling better, and you're like, no, I have to.
0: Look, what people need to understand about me is that I am the Hulk. I'm always (laughs) angry. Anyway. (laughs) We're going with another chill episode this week. I thought we could talk about kind of all the like TV forensic myths and all the crazy science that happens and
1: quotations around the science
0: (laughs) Yes. Qu- I mean, some of it is science-y. <laughs> Science-adjacent. Um.
1: <laughs> alternative science. Oh, no. That's too close to alternative facts. I'm in the wrong country yep. for that joke. <laughs> yep. That's why I made it. I'm
0: Canadian.
1: <laughs> Me next. Except I'm mad at y'all, so.
0: <laughs> but I think Like by this point, especially if you're listening to a forensics podcast, you're probably into true crime and you're probably a little aware that a lot of the stuff that happens in TV shows is not realistic. And I think there's a balance between having to work in good storytelling with the constraints of being realistic because like some of these tests can take a really, really long time, and that doesn't make for good pacing in an episode.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. That show I told you, you can get a check the serial number of a gun while you're still at the crime scene collecting evidence. Obviously. I mean,
0: like, it. look, every good forensic scientist keeps a bunch of acids in their kits so that they can restore serial numbers.
1: Yeah, but you can't get like, (laughs) it belongs to this person. You don't just like. No, but also I was being incredibly sarcastic. Oh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we do not. No one, no one keeps acids in their kits. That is a safety violation. And
1: I love how I just accepted that. (laughs) Sure. Okay, whatever.
0: Yeah, acids, especially acids as strong as the ones needed to restore, restore to restore serial numbers have to be kept in special safety cabinets so that you don't destroy shit and burn your skin off. But that's a topic for another episode (laughs) when we feel like doing research again. (laughs) But yeah, so I pulled up a list of top 10 TV crime lab myths. And this is actually from a article in 2011 so, this is going to be I, fun. I haven't actually watched any crime procedural since starting university in forensic science. So I obviously do not know like how much more realistic current crime shows are. Like I'm talking, you know, fictional crime procedurals, not documentaries because obviously right. documentaries are not supposed to be fictional, supposed to be. So, the first lab myth is the one that you were just talking about crime labs can gather prepare test and have results from dna and other forensic tests within a few hours
1: or minutes if you're in taiwan
0: <laughs> yeah i think most people know this is not true there's you know been more awareness about like and the backlog and that sort of thing
1: tests oh, take God. time speaking of rage <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I know. But like, let, let me break down kind of the process, like a general overview of what happens to evidence from a crime scene to the actual lab, to all the resulting and stuff. And this is, again, based entirely on what I learned in universities, so it might be slightly outdated like this list. But I think the overall process is probably the same. So there's a crime scene. The first responders are going to cordon off that area i'm gonna establish a perimeter so you see this in tv shows you know they're blocking off with the crime scene tape keeping reporters out and nosy murderinos i guess
1: (laughs) please don't show up at scenes of accidents (laughs) my god yeah no i like
0: we talked about the morbid fascination last episode but like just don't (laughs) Observe observe from a distance if you so desire. But there are some things that you think you want to see that you really don't want to see.
1: But also you could just corrupt things yeah. in the scene that you just don't know oh, about.
0: I, I thought you meant like like after the perimeter has been established.
1: Cuz oh. you can't actually.
0: Yeah. But yeah, don't do that either. Don't just show up and start looking evidence <laughs> or whatever people do. Yes, so that obviously takes time. And generally what happens next once the scenes of crimes officers get there is they'll take photographs of the entire area. We've talked about this several times in the podcast. Like, the documentation is extremely important for a number of reasons, including preserving evidence that might not be found but, like, is transient. Also, for, like court reasons to show that you know like everything was done properly etc etc so you would take wide shots of the entire area so that usually means taking overlapping shots from different angles and what we were told to do is like let's say you're in a room that's the crime scene so you would stand at one corner take a photo of that area move on to the next corner take a photo and that will literally show you, like, a 360 yeah, that's smart. the crime scene. I don't know if people have, like, if it's a common use or an upcoming use of, like, those 360 cameras at crime scenes. I don't know anything about that. Because that would be interesting. Since this technology obviously didn't really exist <laughs> when I was in university, so it wasn't in use. But they're pretty accessible, they're definitely cheaper than a lot of the lab equipment in a forensic lab. So I wonder, like, if if that's something that could be put to use. But, like, you want to establish what everything looks like before you start going in and moving stuff. And then you go and you mark off all the... Oh, actually, you do put evidence markers before that, generally
1: speaking. Are but, those a little like... numbered?
0: Yes. So then you'll go to each piece of evidence or thing of interest and you're going to take a mid shot of that. And that's supposed to show the context of where that piece of evidence is located. So let's say uh, I think we've used this example before, like there was a knife on the table. So you want to show the table like you want to show where that knife is located on the table. And if there's another piece of evidence, you want to show where that knife is in relation to that other piece of evidence. And like you'll already know where that table is because you already have the over like the wide shot of that whole area. And then you do this for every single piece of evidence. Yay. And then you take close up shots of every single piece of evidence.
1: So what you're saying is (laughs) So before you can't process the crime scene in five minutes. No you don't even you haven't even started
0: collecting the evidence yet and it's already been a huge chunk of time <laughs> yeah in our like crime scene lab like at school our crime scene house i think the labs were 3 hours um i think the first 20 minutes was like a debrief or a, a briefing debrief is afterwards right yeah yeah so it's a briefing first and then the rest of the time is pretty much You're at this crime scene as a scenes of crime officer, so process it. And that's already your entire, like, three hours.
1: So, practical question. Let's say Mm -hmm. there is blood. Yeah. I don't know exactly how long it takes blood to coagulate, but how is that even dealt with when you're in a crime scene and it takes you so long to investigate and you have potentially body fluids... Evaporate. Wet swab. Wet swab. Oh, okay. So
0: you would, if it's not, I mean, depends on how much is there. And like blood sometimes coagulates fast. Sometimes it doesn't. It depends on that person. Like if they had a lot of platelets and stuff. Yeah. That's science we're not going to talk about here. but <laughs> <laughs> But usually, like, sometimes you arrive at a crime scene and it's been days since the actual crime, right? Like the stuff doesn't always get discovered right away. Right. So the blood's already dry anyway. And what you would do is basically you would take a swab and like I think you would wet it a little with obviously sterile water and you would swap that spot and then you would like let it dry on the swab. I might be remembering this wrong, but.
1: It doesn't necessarily change the time or process of processing a scene because in my mind you would want to deal with like Say it's a fresh accident. You'd want to Mm -hmm. collect blood before it coagulates. So,
0: yeah, you wouldn't like. I wouldn't know the prioritization offhand because that wasn't something we really talked about in school. And that's definitely something you pick up with experience Mm -hmm. and like practical experience. That makes sense because because like every crime scene is going to be a little bit different, right? Right. And you you're not necessarily going to have a strict like do this first, this first, this first in terms of like that kind of priority. So, and I imagine different labs might do it differently or different departments might do it differently. I'm just curious because it seems like
1: something that could change um, the investigation itself.
0: It might, but like, like a dried spot of blood or a dried spot of saliva, semen, whatever, like that's not going to hamper your investigation that much okay because when it comes down to it like the dna if that's what you're looking for it's gonna persist for okay a long long time and if i recall blood from crime scenes i think a lot of the times they're stored as like blood spots like dried and they're stored in like an envelope in a dark room that's not that'll a lot yeah, like, you don't... Honestly, you don't need a lot of stuff to get DNA out of. Especially now, I think tests are a lot more sensitive than what they were even when I was in school. But, yeah. So,
1: going back to the topic... Sorry, that just occurred to me when we <laughs> were talking about processing the scene.
0: Well, I like, there might be some things that you would want to get first. Like, for example, if... There's evidence in water, like in a in a river. You kind of want to get to that before it goes away. Right. <laughs> stuff like that, like transient evidence is stuff that you would want to get to, regardless of what it is, because then it'll be too late and it'll be gone. And then you might have to spend a couple tens of thousands more dollars searching the area for the thing that washed down the river. <laughs> Wee. Yeah, because it's not like crime labs aren't underfunded enough. So, <laughs> And then the evidence collecting, that also takes a lot of time because you're trying to be careful. You're documenting everything. Like every piece of evidence um, gets logged and a chain of custody is established. And I don't think we talked about chain of custody very much, but I'm, I'm sure people have heard the term.
1: Hopefully, or at least <clears throat> can venture a guess. Yeah, but basically,
0: like, it tells you exactly where the evidence has been. When you put an evidence in the evidence bag, it's sealed. Like, there's a special tape that if you, like, try to pull it off, it'll leave... It's like, I don't know if people have seen these, like, warranty-type stickers, but if you've, like, pulled the sticker off, it'll leave, like, a kind of imprint on it that says, like, seal broken or something, so evidence tape will do that so like you'll know if this thing has been open and every time you open an evidence bag or reseal it it has to be logged under the chain of um, custody so that you know exactly where this has been and this is meant to prevent any kind of tempering and also loss evidence because that does happen unfortunately
1: yeah so randomly and sometimes intentionally
0: yeah. But also, I talked about the that like chain of custody, but also I believe this is common practice because this is what we were doing in the labs. But we were also logging every single photo that we took. No. So all this shit takes time. <laughs> and of course, we're talking scenes of crimes officers who are police officers so they've got their little police officer notebook where they are logging every single thing that they do because that's going to come up as evidence in the actual trial so you haven't even left the crime scene yet
1: and that's already your entire goddamn day (laughs) well this is already I'm very glad I didn't try to go into this Yeah, so much tedium that I think people don't realize it really
0: is and it's very important that you maintain all that tedium because a lawyer who is astute enough is going to find that mistake that you made, the thing that you forgot oh, to Oh, and log. they
1: will. They will. There are so many cases that I've heard mm-hmm. where yep. something was done improperly in this stage and someone either got off or... Or they,
0: most of the time, if I recall... It's just that that evidence is no longer admissible. It's not necessarily going to completely exonerate someone. Like, yeah. you're probably not going to throw out an entire trial and an entire case because of a relatively small mistake. But now that piece of evidence is gone and your case is no longer as strong as it was before, this is obviously going to be devastating if that was a really key piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's very tedious, like... That's why partly also like body cams, other than just keeping cops accountable, kind of also helps the process for legitimate cops. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it helps that documentation process. And I, I feel like it takes a little some of the pressure off of like, because practically speaking, and I don't know if this is true, but practically speaking, as you're doing something, you're not going to be writing it down. You're going to do the thing and then write down everything after might be hard to remember every single thing you did.
1: I mean I think it would depend on industry standards or someone's, you know, personal preferences.
0: Yeah. Like I don't think it's wrong to do it after because you're also trying to do a time sensitive job and you don't want to be that rookie who's standing in the corner writing down the notes as their more experienced partner is trying to talk to the witnesses.
1: Oh gosh, no.
0: Yeah. And I I do see that a lot of them, like, with the dog attack that happened with my aunt and and my dog. I don't think I talked about it on this podcast. But, yeah, last summer, my dog and my aunt were attacked by a big dog. Oh,
1: yeah, I did know this.
0: Yeah, but, like, not on this podcast. And, like, obviously, there were cops there. Um like, thank you to all the people in the neighborhood who tried to help. And this dog was pretty vicious, so people were terrified. But people were still coming up and trying to help. And obviously, someone called the cops, and they actually had to taser the dog twice to get it to oh, give up. No. Um, but, yeah. So, when I got there, like, because I was downtown toronto so i was like an hour and a half away because i was having dinner after work with some work friends and my mom called so like you know we paid went home but it took me time to get home right so by the time i got there like my aunt was already in the hospital there were still witnesses and the police officers were still there and i saw like they were finishing up their notes so yeah like it's i think it's pretty common practice and it makes sense to me but it might not be done everywhere yeah. But either way, that's still time that's being taken up
1: <laughs> a lot in that whole process.
0: So, no, you are not going to be able to Google search a gun serial number and pull up <laughs> the owner's information.
1: That is in not going In order to, to tell the story in, like, five seconds and go after the bad guy. Yeah. Like...
0: Anyway, uh, we're on we're on point number 1 here. Of 10. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, speaking of taking up a lot of time, the next one is a suspect will sit in an interrogation room wearing the same clothes he wore during the crime and conclusive results will arrive just as soon as you sit down to question him. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of ties into that first one where like you're not getting your test results within the hour. Yeah. Um it it's also, I, I see it from a storytelling perspective because that gotcha moment is very satisfying. Oh, for sure. Like, there's nothing more satisfying than catching someone on their bullshit.
1: <laughs> Let's be e- real. Even when you're not a cop.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you you want to be able to call someone out on their bullshit. But chances are, unless there was a witness who knew exactly who the alleged perpetrator was and knew exactly where they were you're probably not going to be able to find the suspect the same day you're probably again unless you have that witness statement you're probably not going to have the grounds to arrest them although i guess you could just ask them to come in for a friendly little interview
1: which by the way don't ever do that what, rat someone out? No, be oh. that person when the cop goes, um, you know, why don't you just come down to the station and answer a few questions? No. First words <laughs> out your mouth, am I being detained? Yeah. And if not, I, say no. Lawyer, not going.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, in general, if you were
0: being asked to provide additional information just as a witness. Like strictly, you know, a hundred percent you are not the suspect. Like going back to the dog attack case, you were a neighbor who happened to see the whole thing. There was no reason for the cop to ask you in that moment to come to the police station. Yeah. Um, they might I I mean okay, this might be different between different jurisdictions. Again, I'm just speaking from school knowledge and that little bit of experience but like because we've been in contact with the police officer and also with animal services who obviously are different than law enforcement but if they need additional information they will contact you and nowadays there's a good chance that they're asking for stuff that you can email to them because that's what we've done they asked for a like typewritten statement that we emailed to the police officer like he gave us his card for any additional photos because I did take photos of my aunt's injuries. Ask that for email. We didn't need to go down to the police station. This is 2020. Well, it was 2019 when it happened. But (laughs) yeah, still like you don't, you don't really need to. I don't think a lot of police departments have that need to call a witness if they are just a witness to the police station.
1: I know. I just, with the stuff that's been happening in the U.S., I'm just
0: super sure, but that's
1: but that's the thing like if they are
0: asking you to come down to the police station something is sketchy
1: right that or you they have something that they suspect you of yeah exactly <laughs> something sketchy <laughs> <laughs> okay it was sketchy goes both ways <laughs>
0: fair enough but uh, yes but again chances are like they're not going to be asking the suspect to come in the day that they arrived at the crime scene Suspect is gonna have different clothes. If this is the actual perpetrator, a lot of them I'm not gonna say all, but some of them are going to be smart enough to get rid of those clothes because they've seen CSI
1: <laughs> and they I mean, know one that's one would only hope. I hope for humanity's sake that people think of-
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if the, I I don't know if I would make that hope. Like if you're gonna be a criminal, please be a stupid one
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i take it back
0: yeah like like there are there are s- <laughs> this sounds really bad there are some crimes that i'm like kind of supportive of like crimes that are really more against the government rather than against the person but not in a way that disrupts the country like mm-hmm. like erasing student <laughs> debt you know, if you hack into the system and erase student debt—oh my debt, god!
1: Please, someone do that for I'm me. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm just. Yes. Saying. Oh my god! I always like every every so often I'll see this,
0: like, tweet or Tumblr post or something pop up. That's like, if the purge was real, like, I'm pretty sure people would just go and hack into the system and just get rid of debts and stuff, and not It's a different go kind of purging.
1: Spray. this is the kind of purging i can get behind yeah exactly Um, oh god so
0: i should just i should just reiterate i'm not like supportive of crime obviously i'm just saying that not all crime
1: is equal i am somewhat supportive of crime (laughs) (laughs) in that
0: case i also like you know i'm just gonna throw this out there not very controversial i think based on our listenership but drug crimes if like Crimes for being caught for possession, I think, should get far less severe punishment than than what is currently the case.
1: Yes. Especially, Especially if marijuana. it was for marijuana. Yep. Yeah. That's um, ridiculous.
0: Drug dealing, I think, case by case basis. Mm, because yes. Because I can, like, you know, if you're a user, you might grow into that desperation of starting to sell and getting... Ho- it's a different kind of addiction, or, I think. Or,
1: like, your but, poverty, that kind of stuff. Exactly.
0: But, like, if you were a drug kingpin and you're just an asshole, like, yes, I don't know. please I'd, go to jail. For me, that's a CD world, but... Uh, I'm gonna get, like, some mafia boss knocking on my door <laughs> being like, what'd you say about me on your
1: podcast? No, I'm <laughs> the one who's like, mm, maybe not on that. You're fine. <laughs> But me, like, if you figure out a way to get rid of people's student loans, your student loans, yes. how to hack yes. the system, fine, cool. For, for the betterment of
0: the general population, I don't think that's really that criminal.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm going to get caught for this, but, like, there's... I know what this is, and I can't think of it right now, but, like, for the sake of where there is uh, not commitment where's the word I want Hail. <laughs> corruption where there's corruption and the system is set up against you I think you are free to do whatever you need to
0: yeah I think that uh, I feel like criminal law should be protecting the public yeah, but that's not the case. And and not basically corporations. Yeah. That's what it boils down to.
1: I agree with that. Yeah. America's a great place. Uh-huh. <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> like, oh god. Uh, okay, that's not fair. Not capitalism, but like regulations are needed.
0: Yeah. It is capitalism, let's be honest.
1: Okay. Capital- Hot yeah. take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't care come at me (laughs) hot take our forensic (laughs) podcast uh we support crimes against a system that is corrupt the end
0: (laughs) i i don't i'm not even gonna say that we support crimes because to me those aren't really crimes
1: but (laughs) okay that's the real hot take (laughs) i suppose that's a matter of opinion (laughs) Yeah, I think that is a very
0: loose definition. <laughs> Technically a crime, but morally, nee.
1: Oh, God. You know, Robin
0: Robin Hood has always been seen as a hero. I'm fine with it.
1: Robin Hood can so. get it.
0: <laughs> I mean, depends on who's playing him, but anyway. True. <laughs> Were we uh, on two? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was... Yes, that was two. Oh, my God. Number three is crime scene investigators follow cases from start to finish and conclude investigations within a few days. Okay, so the within a few days thing we've discussed already, mm-hmm. but the crime scene investigators following the case from start to finish. The reason that is not true is because there are many cases. Yeah. Um, Some shows I've seen, like, someone might be assigned to more than one case which is somewhat realistic. I don't know how many cases an individual, whether they're a detective or like a actually, I'm, I'll talk about like the actual crime scene lab technologists. Cause that's also different, but like chances are they're working on multiple cases and yeah. there's multiple people in the team. But I think in the lab, the key thing is that like, you're not really in the investigation in the lab and this is kind of like i'll use the example of my job right now because i'm a lab technician in a hospital we get the samples we process them we get the results out the doctors like they are they are with the patient from start to finish usually unless you know they have to call in another specialist or whatever i was gonna
1: say that actually is my area of expertise (laughs) Yeah,
0: I, I I, haven't had, like, other than a family doctor, I, I haven't had, like, a quote-unquote case in regards to my own health that I've had, like, a doctor follow me through. But, like, when stuff comes in the lab, the person working on the evidence is not necessarily attached to the case. They're just right. processing evidence. Like, when you're running DNA samples... I mean, obviously, there are certain practices to prevent cross-contamination or accidental mislabeling or misidentification of the piece of evidence. But, like, you're not going to be doing one sample per run, right? Like, that's not very time efficient. Yeah. Um, and you might not know the details of that case. Like, the samples that we get, we don't have the, the patient's clinical history. Sometimes we might have a requisition or see information in like the computer system, um talking about why this test is being done and stuff because the people who are reading the results like that can affect what further tests they might add or whatever yeah,
1: but well, I mean like... it's just like my brother is an e m t from the minute he drops off a a patient, he has no idea what's gonna happen to that person, whether they yeah. live or die, whether they have to do like x y z and also like mm-hmm. radiologists your tech person isn't going to <laughs> yeah
0: they just take your x-ray and nothing yeah. with it yeah so like and that's the same in a forensic setting like you might have scenes of crime officer who's collecting the evidence taking the photographs etc cetera, etc cetera, and then it goes to the lab and then that crime scene officer has other places to go and other duties to do. They are not going to sit waiting for the results. And that lab has many cases coming in. The technologist is not going to just be working on this one single case. That would be nice. Well, it wouldn't be very time efficient. Not at all. <laughs> so that backlog is going to be even backlog here. Joys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and even even detectives who are actually assigned a case, um, they might be taken off the case and put on other cases depending on where they are needed. Like, I don't know how that works for sure because I'm not a detective.
1: I know for um, sure that's, that's a thing that you might get reassigned for one mm-hmm. reason or another. Things happen. Yeah. like,
0: Like, if your expertise is in one thing, they might be like, hey, I know you're on this case, but you're better suited for this one. So they might move you. A lot of them do seem to, to stay with the case, especially, and we've talked about this, I think, in probably also last episode, where, like, it could get kind of personal, like, because you start to get to know the family and et cetera. And we also hear about these in true crime documentaries and that kind of thing.
1: Well, but I think as long as we're talking about stereotypes, I think sometimes people think that <laughs> a law enforcement or a detective is going to do better if they've gone through the same thing. Like, you have that hero's journey type thing with those shows. But, mm-hmm. like, that is rarely the case in real life. Yeah. That can be a hindrance And a lot easier than you think. Yeah.
0: And the other thing also is, like, in any type of show, you know, there is a core cast. There is a core group of characters that you were following. And in reality like it's not always going to be the same group of people right like like a provincial crime lab you're taking cases from the entire province or i guess for you guys a, like a state crime lab is taking cases mm-hmm. from like all these other police departments and like like it from a storytelling perspective, it doesn't make sense to cast a net that wide. Like you can't do a Game of Thrones thing, <laughs> you know? And like you said, like that hero's journey of them being from the beginning and seeing through specifically their eyes, because you want that. Like, even though a show might have a relatively large cast with their own individual stories and stuff, there's usually a couple main people whose perspectives you're seeing through as the viewer. So it, it does make sense in a TV show or, like, a novel or whatever to do it that way because it's more appealing. And I don't think yeah, that's... and it's
1: compelling and it gives you someone to get used to.
0: Yeah, and other than, like, the obviously very crunched time frame, I don't think that's the worst myth to hold not on to. Yeah.
1: I do know that, like, there have been cases that go cold and it's not the person who was assigned to it and spent a lot of the time doing it that can find that one piece of evidence or that one thing that sparks new interest. It's mm-hmm. usually like the second or third or first per- fourth person who has been assigned the case and they look at it with fresh eyes and they're like, yeah, wait exactly. a minute. Like
0: that, and that makes sense to a lot of people. Like if you've ever, I don't know. I used to like make Tumblr themes. Like I used to code HTML, um, self-taught. When I was eleven, because that's the kind of nerd I am.
1: Don't Not judge my kind of nerd. I don't know any of that. <laughs> I, I like patterns and
0: things. So, like languages and coding is just a different type of language. So I like Fair enough. I like that kind of puzzle. But anyway, sometimes there's just one little thing that is wrong, and it messes up the entire website. And you would look through it over and over and over again. And, like, all you're seeing are letters now. Letters and numbers. Nothing makes sense. So, like, you have to get someone new to look at it. And usually it's, like, the most obvious thing. You're like, why am I so dumb? But it's because you've been looking at it for so long. And that's obviously the same with a lot more emotional impact um, when it comes to crime scene investigations. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's why having gone through something similar as to whatever you're investigating is, like, really bad. Because Mm -hmm. say you're abused by your boyfriend you don't want to be investigating a domestic abuse or a yeah. domestic case yeah like i th- i think you know although that would be hard to avoid but you know what i mean
0: um i think if it seems like this case would affect you in a way that would affect the case in turn the right thing to do would be to take that person off the case yeah again the right thing to do would be that doesn't mean that's always the what happens I think that
1: introduces like a whole bunch of other variables like funding (laughs) resources yeah
0: exactly I was just gonna say like that's not just the department being the bad guys that's like there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape that happens in these things that is an unfortunate necessity necessity yes that thing yeah like and that kind of goes with the whole you know, one person being with the case from start to finish, like, there is a lot that might prevent them from doing that.
1: Yeah. So, So it's an unfortunate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then the fourth one kind of ties into it. Crime scene investigators are directly involved in the investigation, raids, and the arrest. (laughs) I, I would be a very different person if I was a, like, lab rat. Who was also getting invited to arrest people?
1: <laughs> I feel like that, that would one, be a lot more that muscular. That one's more like skewed to a detective. I don't think I've ever seen like NCIS is a popular show. Yeah, I don't. Abby never left her lab to go on raids. I I don't know if I I've ever seen if I a recall. Forensic person.
0: No, um, CSI. So there's this trope that's common in a lot of procedurals medical forensic crime whatever where one person plays multiple roles so i'm thinking csi like the main main characters they are out there collecting evidence they are out there interrogating witnesses they are in the okay, lab yeah. doing tests and then when you know they got a bust through this drug kingpin's hidey hole i don't know why i called it that the hidey hole <laughs> hideout hide hide was...
1: yes my god hidey hole which um, one of us is sick <laughs>
0: you're sick but i'm tired okay <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> um yes so like that That is a common trip, and even with medical dramas, like the doctor is you know the emerge doctor is also the surgeon and also the pathologist and epidemiologist. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and they're also doing the nurse's job as well, and like adjusting IV drips and stuff. Yeah, um, nurses' jobs are easy. <laughs> Everyone can uh, do it. Yeah. Let's get shat on by a geriatric patient <laughs> with no control over their bowel movements. Cause that's fun.
1: Yeah. So, actually crazy. Everyone I, can do it. I've got a I've got a tangent. <laughs> As if we haven't already been on four. Look.
0: <laughs> this was kind of it's not related, but it's funny, so I'm gonna tell it. So one of my friends from university, she was my roommate in first year, and she was in nursing. She's a nurse now. And around the time of our finals. So this was around the time we were going to finish our first year of university. And she lives like way up north, like two hours north from where we were and and a bit like two to three hours up north. And, uh, you know, we both accumulated a lot of stuff. But for me, like moving out wasn't going to be too difficult because I only lived about an hour away from home home. So she asked her friend from home. To stay with us for a couple of days and help her move out. So, what I think, I don't remember what her friend was studying. Obviously, went to a different school, but you know, my nursing friend was telling us about like all the stuff that she had to do as a nursing student in her placement. Cause at our school, like nurses got into hospitals like within their first year um, to start oh, placement wow. and they would start off with the geriatric ward presumably because it is the most difficult in terms of I, I don't want to say it like this but like bearability
1: well I mean not only are you dealing with like having a lot of difficult cases with tons of compounding medical things a lot of the times you're dealing with like literally facing death and yeah you seeing people in a really vulnerable state yeah she
0: was she was telling me like it was the most depressing place she's seen because yeah. like whereas compared to a child's ward like a pediatric ward where it is really depressing to see sick kids but a lot of them still maintain a level of happiness different yeah. when you're in geriatrics and also there is the added difficulty of having to bathe them and literally Mm -hmm. wipe their shit and their piss because unfortunately a lot of them are so sick or in some way disabled that they can't do that for themselves and it's kind of a good test for first-year nursing students because it's like look it's not going to be glamorous
1: yeah, so, it'll get the, you, it'll disabuse you of all those mm-hmm. stereotypical things or things you may not have thought about. My, exactly. when I did field studies, my first assignment was with, uh, I did music therapy in college. My first assignment was with children with autism, very young children. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. Yeah, they had problems, but it was fun. My second assignment was with late stage Alzheimer's patients. Oh, man half of them are verbal yeah. no no less than half were verbal Ooh. One of them thought he was still a player okay not the most depressing <laughs> no but like the rest were not completely non-verbal mm-hmm. and that's really hard to see or like I was with them long enough for some of them to get sick, like, or to lose more abilities. Yeah. So that's really hard to watch because it's not, especially with that, you know, it's not going to get much better
0: at all. It's going to get worse. It really, like, opens your eyes and it makes you question, like, am I cut out for this? Is this something I want to do? Yeah. But the rest of the story is not depressing. (laughs) So, she's telling us how she's had to bathe patients. And keep in mind, we were both, at this point, only 18. Like, by the end of second semester of first year, I think she was turning 19 and I had just turned 18. Because my birthday's at the end of the year and hers is at the beginning of the year. Mm. So, so she's like, yeah, so I had to deal with old man wrinkly balls. (laughs) Which like yeah as, I, yeah that would have been awkward at that age old, for me. as an 18 year old girl who is tiny baby faced. somehow most of my friends end up being tiny and baby faced
1: um i'm tall <laughs> i'm five four <laughs> uh-huh than you
0: by like a quarter of an inch still but uh, you know so we we had a giggle fit again three 18 to 19 year old girls i'm 29 and i still might yes i still make jokes like i'm a 12 year old boy okay
1: (laughs) speaking of myths i think growing out of jokes is a myth yeah (laughs) anywho it was
0: like you know we laughed about it blah 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 and then time passed we went to bed and the way that we had our beds arranged, there was, like, a little half wall between the beds. And we were blessed with queen-size beds in this dorm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. It was basically, like, a motel room with a little kitchenette and, like, a private bathroom. It oh, was, my God. Living in the lap yeah, of
1: luxury. It was year.
0: genuinely – I was so happy because, like, it was my first, you know, dorm experience. And then I'll see pictures from other people's dorms and i'm like
1: <laughs> yeah i mine wasn't the worst i only had to share a bathroom with four people but okay that was like when I we, had we moved to, out yeah i had to apply to get into a social i was in a social justice uh, group like you got better dorms if you got into these little societies oh yeah cuz it, it came, living on the floor came with like obligations we had to deal with uh, choosing a certain area we were gonna do and in volunteering, but like that's the okay. only reason I avoided those huge bathrooms that a lot of people experience in their first year.
0: Yeah. No communal like bathrooms. Our, our entire school, like none of the buildings. I mean there were only two buildings and then the building I was in was in three different wings. So there were like three different styles of rooms. But all of them had private bathrooms, which was great. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And you know like it, apparently tuition was relatively expensive compared to other schools or other similar programs but like the tuition doesn't really affect the cost of the dorms the dorms were i i feel like most dorms cost that much so i think we got a good deal out of that
1: <laughs> who knows but that sounds really good
0: but anyway so are you
1: in your your castle yes. dorm
0: yes so like, my friend and her friend were sharing a bed, and uh, we had, like, the headboards of our beds up against the half wall. So, like, basically, our heads were pointing to each other, so we couldn't see each other or anything. That's why the half wall is there. And it's dark. It's the middle of the night, and all I hear is old man wrinkly balls
1: <laughs> from
0: oh the other God. side of the room. <laughs> and, of course, we spend the next half She's an just hour. still laughing to herself. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't remember who started it.
1: Oh my god. I can't
0: remember I think it was I think it was my friend's friend, but like we just we couldn't. We spent the next half an hour giggling again. Oh,
1: good times. I can't say I that's not something I've done.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, I um that's too good. I sent you that screenshot of the joke I made while playing final fantasy 14. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might post it to the Twitter, maybe, with the names mostly blurred out. They're not real people's names anyway, but they're people's characters' names, so I don't want yeah people finding them on the game. Anyway, <laughs> where are we at? Oh. Four? Four? yeah. Being directly involved, that's a no. That's an obvious no. Again, I can understand why they do it from, like, a storytelling perspective, because it can be a little bit jarring when like you have the overarching story of this case and to cut it up between too many different characters it ruins the pacing yeah so I can I can see why that's done and like again I think that's one of the more forgivable ones and if anything it kind of makes crime scene investigators seem cooler so
1: <laughs> yeah at least it at least it at least it serves a purpose I I think that one is obvious pretty obvious though
0: Yeah, and even
1: if it isn't, it doesn't hurt anything.
0: No, I don't think that's like a glaring thing. Um, oh, crime scene investigators. This is number five. Crime scene investigators can get DNA evidence from any surface. We do have a DNA episode. I don't remember which number it was. I think it was pretty early on, probably episode two. So if you want, I don't
1: even know what number this one is.
0: (laughs) It was a while ago. (laughs) It was. It was before a pandemic.
1: Oh, God. That's how
0: we measure time now, before, during, and after the pandemic. But yeah, DNA, you can't necessarily get it from every surface because, like, just I'm staring at my little vanity stool and it's like a faux shag, like a faux sheepskin type of thing where it's all furry. Like, I can't imagine being able to scrub that with a swab to get any kind of trace like dna evidence from there if it wasn't like a full on blood stain
1: i mean i i have no idea no frame of reference for this one
0: yeah generally speaking like dna is pretty hardy it'll last a long time especially in the right conditions uh but like retrieving it is a whole other matter because like we've talked about The dried blood stains or dried bodily fluid stains, right? Like you'd have to wet the swab to actually. So imagine there, like imagine a fur rug, (laughs) whether it's real or not. And then imagine there's like a literal droplet of blood in there. It's gonna be very hard to, like, even with a wet swab. To, like, dig through all the fibers and get to the actual oh, stain. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: um, yeah. And obviously, like, if there was, if someone was bludgeoned to death with a bat or something and someone threw that bat into the river, you're not getting DNA off that bat, probably. No, <laughs> it's no. going to be washed off. Water and off.
1: sun. Water, sun, and I don't know what else. Uh. Heat, (laughs) sun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, sun is like UV, which destroys. I know, (laughs) yeah, but yeah, you it like DNA is not always easy to get, is basically it. And I know the trope is there's an over reliance on DNA in these shows, it is not the only form of evidence that exists. Many times, it's neither relevant to the case nor is it possible to obtain any DNA,
1: yeah. Okay, so. Real quick, mm-hmm. I have to one sec.
0: Your Meyer Game Township Pharmacy.
1: In an effort to ensure that <laughs> our pharmacy customers and
0: customers,
1: <laughs> we invite you to use our pharmacy mail service. Should I
0: include this in the clip? For your
1: <laughs> you <needs>. can do. <laughs> to refill a prescription, press one. Uh, uh, a prescription.
0: Press two. I mean- to about our pharmacy hours and information, press three. To check the status of a prescription, press 4. To repeat these options, press 8. To speak to the pharmacy, press 0. Or stay on the line. Please hold while your
1: call is transferred (laughs) to the pharmacy. My God.
0: (sighs) I love that you put them on speaker, too. (laughs) Anyway, so now that that's done... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shall shall we get back to this list? Where are we? Um. Okay, so we finished number five, where DNA evidence can come from any surface, and in reality, it's much harder than that. Number six is DNA analysis can provide two results: yes, they did it, or no, they didn't do it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We've talked about we've that we've talked sure. about this many times, so I'm not going to get into depth. But I also think people who listen to this podcast know better because you guys are smart. Probably, yeah. So let's move on to number seven. That was fast. (laughs) Crime scene investor. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go to bed in two hours.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, that third shift. Wonderful life.
0: Yep. Okay. So crime scene investigators cannot only pull up dna but they can also tell whether it came from tears t- tears tears saliva and sweat or cremated remains what um this what one, is this random grouping of i'm guessing it they came from actual like a legit example from a show
1: okay i'm guessing cuz that's so random so, that selection of things so there are this one is
0: somewhat actually true Somewhat because you can't tell from the DNA itself. DNA is DNA. Right. The only way you would know it's any different is maybe it's like mitochondrial DNA rather than your normal DNA, which doesn't come from your body cells. But that aside, like you can't actually tell from DNA itself. But there are tests that can tell you what bodily fluid something is. Like,
1: yeah. Like I mean, it did it sound like immediately just by looking at it or just testing? So there is presumptive tests? No, no, no. Oh. I'm saying like the list. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It
0: just says but they can I think it it sounds like just from the DNA testing, they can do an all-in-one. Oh, okay. Um in fact, like some tests are kind of instant, but they're presumptive tests. So you have like the Meyer test um which tests if something is Possibly blood. And then you would do confirmatory tests if it says, yes, this is possibly blood. So, yes, you can tell what bodily fluid something might be, but not from doing the DNA.
1: (laughs) And definitely not from looking, well, sometimes from looking at it, I guess. Even then, though, you can't
0: make that assumption. Like, even if I were to make an observation in my report that there was a blood stain there, you can't say. Unless you've tested it and that is blood, you can't say that's a blood stain. You have to say that is a stain that looks like blood.
1: I'm not going to argue against this thoroughness.
0: <laughs> yeah, this it's, it's like that whole like consistent with versus a match kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I'd re- much rather people be thorough than be like, Meh, it looks exactly. like a blood stain. I it's mean, chances
0: blood. are you're going to be testing it for blood anyway. But yeah, like in your initial notes or something, you could... It, you wouldn't say, like, that is a blood stain unless you confirm that it is. Next one. <laughs> Everyone is in a DNA database.
1: Uh... Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess it could swab you at birth. But like... Yeah, I'm
0: like, it's doable to a degree, but it's at least in North America and in many countries, it is not a thing.
1: What country is out there spending the money to preserve <laughs> DNA samples of every single person? Nah. Like, I, I, look, I'm just putting the
0: possibility out there because <laughs> I have not been to every country and am not always aware of what every country's government is like. So I'm not
1: challenging you. I'm challenging this belief. Like, if you really think the government that doesn't even want to give people money, (laughs) America, (laughs) is going to use money to keep a DNA database of, like, six million people, I think no.
0: Yeah. So for the most part, a DNA database is probably going to contain samples that from, like, people who are convicted of crimes. Um. And also there's a database for not necessarily known sources of DNA, but it's a database of profiles collected from crime scenes. Again, whether or not they actually know who it belongs to, because that way you might be able to link different crime scenes.
1: You know, honestly, I I think people, if you have been in true crime at all, might know this because a lot of cold cases are cold because they're not in the d the perpetrator isn't in the dna system and then like 60 years down the line they steal something and all of a sudden yeah so you
0: you know if if you are not in the database don't worry too much about someone using your dna to frame you for murder I guess we're still not sending anyone imprints of our fingerprints so you can stop right there Natalie.
1: <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think I there are a lot of things to be concerned about in this day and age. I don't think that's one of them.
0: They're actually tangent but actually related. When I worked in car insurance, there was someone who like had a claim and Of course, like, we are privy to their, like, medical notes and stuff. And apparently they had, I'm not sure if it was a diagnosed disorder, but they had a bit of a paranoia issue, Mm. to put it slightly. And the notes would say, like, she was terrified of someone using her DNA to frame her for a crime. Uh, I mean, that's, that is
1: definitely especially if you have a tendency towards paranoid delusions mm-hmm. that could be that's a very scary thing. Yeah. Like like I guess, you know, this
0: is how all conspiracies are able to work is like you don't really know 100%, I guess.
1: Well, it's kind right? of like lies if there has to be a grain of truth in a lie for a lie to be a good lie. So yeah. it's the same for fear, like mm-hmm. it comes from an inkling of truth and otherwise it wouldn't be true yeah. Like, like yeah like spiders are an irrational fear however there are poisonous spiders yes. so i will be afraid of spiders Although, till like to be die. fair i think
0: like a lot of fear a lot of the fear of spiders doesn't even account for the possible venomous miss, miss miss venom oh. venomness i think
1: <laughs> toxicity no that's different <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, but that word we can say. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think people are scared of spiders because they look creepy. I mean, I oh, I'm afraid of spiders because I lived where I have many times had a black widow on my windowsill. Oh, fun! And uh, brown recluse's can be in your house. Yeah, like so.
0: No, but yours, but yours is not an irrational fear. I think because of that. But I think a lot of people who, like, in where I live, there is not a lot of concern for venomous spiders Mm. or even snakes or anything. So, like, it's just because they're kind of creepy looking, I guess.
1: (laughs) It will also give people that. But I'm more afraid that my skin is going to necrotize into this nice, shiny black circle, which is what it looks like when you get bitten by it. Well, eventually, after you get bitten by a black widow fun <laughs> yeah that one that one i'm afraid of moving
0: on <laughs> For fighters, because i'm sure some pe someone out there is like cringing right now oh yeah sorry um well while we're freaking people out moist <laughs> did you have to say it so close to the microphone moist oh moisture see moisture doesn't sound as bad moist moistness <laughs> I think that was just poor grammar. Shh, <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> says the girl who can't say venom.
1: Venomous, venomous, venom, venomous. I can say it just fine. I, was I don't just know why you and I. I
0: don't know why <laughs> I end up saying an extra N at the end, or like in, ven, venomous, like venom-ness. <laughs> venom miss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> While you can't pronounce this word, you sound like. uh What is that? Dory, the forgetful. Oh, jamajig. in Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. There we go. Mm. <laughs> mm. Anemone. Anemone.
0: <laughs> anemone. No, I need to see the word. How, how do you spell it? I need to see
1: it. It's anemone. Anemone. No, anem <laughs> because like no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> anemone. it's like yeah, it's go. like anemone. anonymous. Yeah, anonymous is fine. I think
0: it's because I've said anonymous more than an enemy. Like I generally <laughs> don't even know. Like I need to see the spelling because I don't see that word often enough.
1: A n e m o n e.
0: An an anem?
1: Anonymous. Anonymous. i don't know now i can't say it <laughs> whatevs <ifs>. anyway <laughs> venomous <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> number
0: nine <laughs> oh this this one this one we we already know this doesn't happen when a dna match is indicated again match not a good word Crime lab computer's flash big red letters declaring a 99% match and a driver's license <laughs> photo for good measure. Again. Yes. Doesn't happen. A current a current photo yeah. of you. Um I can't remember if I posted pictures of what DNA profiles actually look like when they are like spat out of the analyzer I, they don't actually get spat out it's like a printout but you're basically looking at like an electrograph type of thing yeah so the actual quote-unquote matching it's kind I I don't want to say it's done visually because it's not like fingerprints where you match it visually but like at least the software that we were using for our DNA profiles when I was in school like it doesn't tell you oh this is this is consistent with the source and blah 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 like you kind of have to look at it and be like yeah it spikes at the same place (laughs)
1: yeah i I think I've seen those before. I think it's like the lines it or no um
0: no, it looks like like you'll have it's literally just like it looks like maybe two or three different graphs depending on how they sized the layout, but it just looks like spikes oh okay, okay. almost there'll be spikes at each allele or each, not each allele yeah each loci or loci or however it is that you want to pronounce who it who knows but I I might post a picture at some point if I remember we talked about how bad at social media I am so like don't count on it but I may have already posted a picture of me literally drowning in these things <laughs> while I was oh, in school no. because we had to take everyone's profiles and basically like quote-unquote match them so I had a lot and it's kind of hard to do the matching if they're like stacked on each other. So you had to spread them out. So
1: yeah. (laughs) So small Shelly, large pile of papers. Yes.
0: I mean, like what I imagine an actual lab computer would do is pull up profiles that are consistent with the one that you're testing. Um, It is not going to have a photo because that's, weird
1: <laughs> again money just lots of money yeah
0: i mean like technically speaking having the photo attached in some way isn't completely impractical because like a lot of these profiles in databases are coming from people who are convicted of a crime so they probably have mugshots. shots
1: yeah that would make sense um
0: so like it's not impractical but like i don't think that's a thing <laughs>
1: Uh, you're also—I couldn't say one way or another. That's outside of my small wheelhouse. Also,
0: I'm not sure if like your other personal information is attached to the profile. Like, obviously they'll tell you like who this profile belongs to, but it's probably not going to also attach the driver's license, last known address, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I could be wrong, but it seems doubtful.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Like this inmate or this ex convict is living in this location i there have to be yeah, databases it, for it might
0: be a jurisdictional thing like i don't know how connected all this information because like
1: there oh that yeah. makes it because you might have a state directory and a federal and you might miss one because they haven't committed something in your state
0: okay yeah well that wouldn't be the case in canada since crime isn't provincial it's federal so if you commit something that is actually a crime crime, it it doesn't matter where you are. So,
1: but I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure if <clears throat> there are different databases.
0: Yeah, they're like, again, jurisdictional thing, very likely different in other countries as well. And then finally, we are at number 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Crime scene investigators conduct DNA testing while munching on snacks or joking with colleagues. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Joking, probably, but the
0: eating, though. Um, definitely not eating. Definitely not eating. In, yeah, that's horrible. In all the labs that I've ever been to, whether it's an actual lab that I'm working in or a lab in school, there are signs that say no eating, no chewing gum, no putting on cosmetics. Oh my God. Um, there are clean areas that might be near the lab, like, For example, I had a few labs that were at 8 a.m. And I can't eat really in the morning. Like, it upsets my stomach. So I'll get in the lab, but I'll be hungry. So I might have gotten a coffee in the morning or, like, a bagel or whatever. And there's a clean area where I can put it. And then if I need a little snack break, then I can walk and get it. But I'm not going to stand in the lab and eat it
1: because that's gross. Uh, Yeah, that's gross for you. But also, like... Oops, I poured coffee on this slide. Exactly. Contamination
0: (laughs) is kind of a problem if you're eating.
1: Even with
0: joking with colleagues, that definitely depends on what part of the test you're doing. If you have open samples, would not recommend because like we definitely know now, but spit travels... Um, Yes,
1: I didn't think about that. Yeah,
0: remember that this article is from 2011, so before the pandemic,
1: (laughs) but now... Okay, but, oh my gosh, you knew that spit traveled when this article was written. But people don't think about it. Okay, don't, And they don't think about about
0: how far it travels, right? I would rather not. And people don't necessarily think about, like, you know, there have been times when you've accidentally spat visibly while talking but you don't necessarily think about all that basically microscopic aerosols that are coming out when you're talking and yes because
1: otherwise i go crazy
0: (laughs) yeah and linking it back to myself because i am me 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 (laughs) during my thesis which was basically testing blood stains for saliva to um determine whether or not it was coughed up blood or high velocity blood spatter. I think I talked about it in more detail in the bloodstain pattern
1: episode. Yeah, we did.
0: Um so I found that even on like obviously I knew which ones was supposed to have saliva and which ones didn't, but because I might have been talking to someone else in the lab or to my thesis supervisor, there were actually ones that tested positive for saliva that there shouldn't have been any saliva in. So contamination
1: happens and that could get just that alone could get a court case thrown out oh if you have a good lawyer you don't even need a good lawyer for that if they realize that there is
0: contamination it should be thrown out it should be because or not the whole case but like that piece of evidence because it is no yeah. good anymore like
1: it can you imagine and if that's the lo- the only piece that ties mm-hmm. a potential perpetrator like you're just fucked like yeah, when,
0: when I have more of an attention span and when we are in a headspace where we can get ragey without being too ragey, there, we can do an episode on miscarriages of justice in terms oh, of dear. the yeah. forensics. <laughs> um,
1: I'll have to brace myself for that yeah. one because that is something yeah. that drives me. That's why like I keep
0: teasing it, but we haven't done it yet is because it does get me so riled up. Some of it is just, like, you kind of have to roll your eyes because it's dumb. Like, it was something dumb that happened that could have been pre- prevented. But other times, it's just, like,
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, my brain goes to, because I'm in America, mm-hmm. all of the many, many black people who were sentenced to death or are on death row now for things they did not commit. Like, we're still yeah. finding cases. Oh, yeah. Where a black person was put in jail for something because it was convenient
0: and evidence was conveniently lacking or missing or et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that's why like that episode is going to be a later one because I think we both need to be. It's very
1: personal. Mm -hmm. It's very personal in very different ways for both of us. Yeah. So
0: that one's that'll come eventually when we're not already super stressed with what's going on in the world now. Which, maybe yeah. never, but... Anyway, so that's... That's the whole list. <laughs> I mean, the episode isn't two hours long. <laughs> it, it isn't? Oh, it isn't. It's almost two hours long. Nah. Yeah.
1: No. We have a whole 30 minutes. Mm, mm. Yeah. I think there
0: are some other, like, things, like, how the characters dress in these shows that are more of an eye, like one of those eye-rolly ones that don't... Heels. Heels.
1: Heels in the lab where you're standing Um, with
0: I think many of us know because many of us have been in either a high school lab or a university or college lab where you know you have to wear closed-toe shoes for your own protection. Also, your hair should be tied back because no one wants to set their hair on fire or contaminate the evidence by their hair falling into semen. (laughs)
1: <laughs> why not now, now you are the rapist
0: uh, yeah <laughs> um, also God. I think this is CSI specific because I think CSI Miami they all drive Hummers Wh- what I'm pretty sure the like s- state state issued PD issued
1: car is like a hummer if i remember correctly again it's been a while (laughs) that sounds sketched to me in arkansas it was a charger a dodge charger
0: that's i think a pretty common police type car
1: isn't it i mean it is to me that could not be the case very easily not the case but what do we
0: have here i think i think the cop cars are chevys No.
1: I think in the U.S. there's like a stupid law that your cars, the police cars, have to be American-made. Not surprised. (laughs) Me either, honestly. Help us. (laughs) Send us help, please. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) If America descends into chaos. If? Please open the board. Okay. I want to remain somewhat positive <laughs> about the place I'm living. <laughs> if it gets worse, someone let me go. <laughs> I would like to be on this refugee list along with Emma. My name is Natalie Evans. <laughs> I'm 5'4". I'm not telling you how much I weigh. My hair and eyes are brown. <laughs> I have tattoos on my shoulders. <laughs> Is that information that's needed? I don't, I don't know. know. This is positive identification stuff. I look like someone slipped my throat. Um, I Okay. So social media. <laughs> <laughs> Another place to find me without knowing about my surgical scars. Yes. Would you like to... Um, some kind of brown. Oh, um, uh, my. What else? What else I got? Some kind of brown for my podcast stuff. Which I am not yet able to do, but we'll get back into it. And there are like seventy episodes or something for you to peruse if you have not. My personal social uh, is kind of Natalie on Instagram and Twitter. Twi- twi- Twitter Ooh. Twitter. I Twitter. Twitter. Yes. I don't know why that sounded French. I don't even for know a what second. accent that is. It <laughs> was.
0: You said Twitter like it was French, but then I don't know what happened afterwards.
1: Mm, it devolved into something else not a clue hopefully how these episodes TikTok. But, oh yeah <laughs> pretty much i have tiktok and i haven't done anything in a million years so uh, if you want to give me inspiration to do tiktok when i'm like possibly covid have at it
0: <laughs> give us a uh, covid makeup look <laughs> that'll go over well oh (laughs) my god
1: are you trying to get me dragged (laughs) because
0: that's what you were you were talking about put it on makeup so that you can use up your stuff
1: i didn't say anything about creating covid (laughs) well yeah don't put that out there (laughs) because
0: you know covid is yeah okay i'm not getting there (laughs) my god Uh, you can find forensic I was going to say, yeah, where's your, your <laughs> socials? You can find Forensic Friends on Twitter, at Forensic Fiends. Not posting there that much. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Forensic Friends Podcast. Not posting there at all, to be honest. Where I am posting is at Several Tangents on Twitter, which is also the name of my other podcast, which is a lot more bullshitty,
1: tangenty, Something purposefully... Tangential.
0: <laughs>
1: That's maybe giving
0: me a little bit more credit than I deserve, <laughs> but it's there for your listening. Natalie is sometimes on there. I think we only actually ended up doing the one, one collab. I think so, yeah. yeah, we didn't end up doing the other ones that we kind of vaguely talked about.
1: Shit happens. I'm still here. It's
0: it's okay, because you're here on this podcast.
1: Why, well, hello. Uh,
0: yeah, I think that's it. I think we... That, yeah, I was going to say, it's a social media. Yeah.
1: We did the rambly bit at the end. Yeah, I
0: think we kept most of our sanity this time.
1: I mean, I didn't end this episode in a coughing and wheezing fit. Yeah, so that's de- that's a that definite, definite
0: improvement. <laughs> <laughs> you're not dying. That's good. Yes, While not dying as much, I right guess. Pray
1: for steroid inhalers. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> the wonders of modern medicine, says the person who's learning more and more about herbal medicine. <laughs> yeah, but like,
0: it's tied together. And I think you are smart and knowledgeable enough to know why one is needed. And like why they're both needed in different circumstances.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And a lot of the resources I've been researching with acknowledge that as well. That's good. Uh, It's a a modern or more modern looks at herbal medicine are like synergistic. Okay. That they can very easily work alongside uh, pharmaceutical type medicine. So yeah, it's not contradictory.
0: Um, Although I think there are some warnings about like taking dosages too close to each other just because my my parents will sometimes take traditional chinese medicine and they're very careful about like oh if i took this medicine at noon i can't take a normal white person med is what they call it like until three o'clock or whatever
1: oh yeah there's a lot of that and i'm learning that stuff too because i'm on a lot of medication because herbal medicine still has chemicals in it yeah, like I I'm like, on an antidepressant, so I can't take St. John's wort, so Yeah. Which is an actual antidepressant. Hmm. Oh, not that okay. other ones are fake, but the the plant itself has <laughs> antidepressant it, properties.
0: It's it's not just there to um give you some positive vibes. <laughs>
1: I don't My know God. why I said that really quickly. <laughs> I think I think that I marks our either. time to go. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Bye bye.